All right, fellas. Let's go! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest? Everybody, it is Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This and every talk show Sunday. I am your host, Colby Smith. I will be with you until the 11 o'clock hour, at which point we will be followed by Two Thumbs Undecided, hosted by Sam and his brother, who joins him via Google Hangout every week, the movie review show that has swept the nation. And for dutiful Radio Free Brooklyn listeners, they might be uh they might be keen to know that Sam will be joining this program pulling a double header uh the last weekend in October that's October 27th Sunday that's 2 weeks from this Sunday Sam the host of Two Thumbs Undecided will be joining this program we're going to be doing a spooky movie episode so get ready for that he does his show at 11 o'clock every Sunday and then at noon we are followed by the Brooklyn Conversation with Rosie and then at 1 p.m. Objection to the rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit. So we have every possible base covered on talk show Sunday here on Radio Free Brooklyn. So keep that dial tuned, keep that player tab open, keep the Radio Free Brooklyn app running in the background of your mobile device. Whether that mobile device be an Apple product or one with the Google Play Store, some known as an Android product. You can get the Radio Free Brooklyn app. It's the best way to find out everything about what's going on here. Listen to our shows. Listen to old shows. Got lots going on, folks. Lots going on. In fact, there is so much to tell you today about uh, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. We've got a big fall ahead of us here. Big fall ahead of us. Speaking of October 27th, Radio Free Brooklyn is proud Excited even to present its first ever fall music festival on October 27th. So come enjoy seven hours of live music, food, and an array of local vendors. Jesus, God. It's insane that they let me do this. It's insane that they give me a show and have given me one for almost three years now. That I can't even read. I tell you what. We got this big sponsor now. We got this uh, mebottle.com. It's this water bottle company they gave us they gave us all this money i can't get through a an ad read of this thing with it's like it's like not even a full page i'm looking at the thing right now it's not even a full page of uh, of like stuff i got to tell you about it and i cannot get through it without it's like half a page the, the type is so big i can't get through it without stumbling over a word or like riffing on a dumb thing they might say and that's true of everybody not just true of me bottle we love Me Bottle. Would love to try a Me Bottle one day. The best way for me to do that is to go to MeBottle.com. But anyway, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Radio Free Brooklyn Foam Music Festival, which is happening in two weeks. Seven hours of live music, food, and an array of local vendors at the East Williamsburg venue, Sunnyvale, which is located at 1031 Grand Street. Attendees will enjoy performances from, get this, get this, get a load of this lineup. Bad Citizen, ZR King, Terminal Fury, King Tyrant, Holy Vulture, and King to Burn. We'd love for our listeners to join us at the inaugural festival. For more information and to RSVP, you can visit RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash FallFest. That's at Sunnyvale. It starts at 5 p.m., goes until midnight or later. It's Sunnyvale on Grand Street in Brooklyn. It's $10 at the door, $10 in advance. It's RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash FallFest, so you can uh, 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 get those tickets now and join us in two weeks on October 27th at Sunnyvale.
for the Radio Free Brooklyn Fall Music Fest. Lots to talk about today, folks. I'm very excited to have on the show Riley Arthur, who uh, is a super accomplished photographer um, who, if you just like look on her website, she's like photographed stuff all over the world. Um, and she will be joining us very shortly on the phone, all the way from Detroit, Michigan. She'll be joining us very shortly, mostly to talk about her her very popular Instagram and how I learned of her work, which is the Diners of NYC Instagram account, which has, you know, it's, it's thousands of followers. It's like the coolest thing. Every week she posts a uh, photo of a diner in New York and all the five boroughs. Um, it's just to give you a little bit of background. It started in 2016. Um, and she completed the project, uh, to photograph every diner in the five boroughs of New York city, uh, in late 2018, but the Instagram is still, uh, active as she posts a new photo, uh, every week and documents new, uh, restaurants as they open or reopen as is the case with many of the diners, which have closed. Uh, uh, obviously they are a dying breed. There was one, uh, one article I read where she talked about how there used to be, thousands of diners in the five boroughs and now there are like there there's like 400 plus um so it's an important sort of photojournalistic effort to capture new york city culture and not just dining culture i mean so many of these were uh started by immigrant families and remained owned by immigrant families so it's a it's an important part of the uh, sort of ethnographic culture of the city uh and history of the city as well um so we will be talking to her by phone very shortly, uh, that's uh, Riley Arthur. In the meantime, folks, I can tell you that if you want to call the show at any point, that number is 718-928-9732. That's 718-928-9732 if you'd like to call in, because this is a call-in show, after all. The show don't happen if you don't call in. And that might be the new slogan we've got here. Is it a little too wordy? Probably. But, you know, our slogan used to be uh, the show where you, the listener, are guaranteed to be cooler than the host, which I'm happy to say we have grown out of. Why? Because it got really cool. That's why. That's why. I'm the coolest mofo in this bitch. The cool. That's <laughs> that might be the new slogan, actually, is the coolest mofo in this bitch. And on that note. Uh, caller, is this Riley Arthur? Hey, oh my God, hey, Colby, what a oh, bummer for you! Good what lord, what a disappointment! Well, it's just wow. that it's okay, Tim. It's just that I told her to call it uh, at at uh, ten twelve, and that's exactly what you did. What an insane! What an insane misdirect! What a bummer <laughs> for everyone! Well, it's not a bummer. I'm excited to what talk to you. Down. It's just not in the. Uh, <laughs> What a disappointment! It's just not. It's just not in the in the. Uh, uh, it's just not the order I expected things to go in. Oh God! I'll call in later. Especially, I thought she was calling in later. What is? What is this? Also, why? Why is this New York photographer calling in remote from Oklahoma? Where is she? Not calling Oklahoma. From? Would you listen to what I say? Freaking, uh, 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 uh Detroit. Detroit. She's a New York photographer. Why'd you pick her the one weekend she's in Detroit? She did, lives there, Tim. Oh, then how does she... Did she commute to photograph diners? From time to time, so sure. Well, she used part. to live here, and then she moved. Uh, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time, my friend. Someone used to live somewhere, and then they moved. A yeah. Song as old as rhyme. Exactly. <laughs> you fill out the fill out the rest of the thing. Anyway, she's she's. Do you want to call in later? Because uh, I think she's calling in like at, at right now. <laughs> okay, Tim out. Tim out for now. But you'll for be now. back. But you'll be back. Ask her what her favorite diner food is. Bye. <laughs> wow. Tim Keck gone, but not forgotten. He'll be here. He'll be here momentarily. Uh, folks. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I can tell you also. Now, is this Riley Arthur? Hi there. <laughs> so, I just want to say from the beginning, full disclosure, um, you are 
This is, this is, I'll give you a little bit of an intro. You are a Fulbright scholar, true or false. You are a National Geographic explorer, true or false. Yes. Both true. Uh, You are by far the most uh, prestigious guest we've had on this show. And how do I celebrate? By giving you the wrong phone number to call in the email. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm dyslexic too. I'm not sure if you are, but I was like really confused if it was my error. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I I like to uh, prank all of our our guests I'm really trying to like make a good impression on, apparently. Uh, So... (laughs) Also, you're you're joining us from Detroit, so it's even earlier in the morning for you than it is here. It's actually not. We're on Eastern Standard Time. Oh, we are. Okay, okay, good, good. That's that's a relief to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited to talk to you, and I'm so glad that you uh, took the time out on a Sunday morning to to talk to us for a little bit. Thanks for having me. So just to give, I, I gave a little intro before you called in, but uh, uh, you have a number of um, sort of, of great works <laughs> on your website. But the, the way I found out and the way I think probably many people found out about you was the Diners of NYC Instagram account. Yeah, that seems to be my project that resonates the most with people. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's your your calling card. Um so it started in 2016. You finished in 20, late 2018. Uh, how did the project uh, come about? Well, it's actually not finished. It's still ongoing. Oh, it to, is. Uh, correct you there. Yes. Um, I don't live in New York at the moment. So as you mentioned, I live in Detroit. But I do still maintain the account. I'm able to get up to New York about three times a year. So, you know, I'll, I'll shoot diners in my free time while I'm there. Gotcha. Um, but, but to answer your question, how I got started... It was kind of by accident. I was living in Astoria at the time, and uh, I lived near a pretty famous diner there, uh, Neptune's Diner. Mm-hmm. And it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's just yes. it's got the the old architecture, kind of the fake uh, stone work, and it just it looks it, it just looks very unique in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And when I first moved there, I saw it, and I thought, you know, I've got to photograph this building. It's it's just very, very beautiful. And then, you know, after a while, when you live in a place, things like that just become scenery and you just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never did photograph it, at least not for a while. And then I started kind of noticing a trend where uh, diners like that, the, the older diners were starting to close at, at a pretty rapid pace. And so I thought, well, you know, who who can I look to that's photographing this project? This is, This seems... It seems really interesting um, that all these sort of like architectural gems are disappearing. And I, I looked into it and at the time, nobody. So I had one of those, it might as well be me moments. Yes. <laughs> and so I started photographing, the, you know, the, the prettiest, most historic diners and then realized that no, truly no one was photographing any of these. So I, I widened my scope to try to photograph all the diners left in New York City. How did you go about finding that complete list was it is it always just like things with diner in the name or does it extend to like you know your luncheonettes your uh your coffee shops etc well that's a really great question so essentially i started with just things that were named diner right so i went through the new york health inspection list and i i copied all the names you know this was in 2016 and it was 215 at the time and i thought oh my gosh what am i getting into 215 (laughs) and so i started the project and then I sort of realized, well, there's, you know, the Tom's restaurants and there's, you know, a uh, uh, Lexington candy shop. And there's all these others that are truly diners, but don't have diner in the name for right. whatever reason. And so I <laughs> kind of did my own list where I, I scoured, you know, Google, I scoured Yelp, you know, uh, Foursquare, all of these things to kind of create a list because there wasn't one that existed, mm-hmm. really. Um, and so I came up, you know, and, and it was funny because I would do my best research and I'd go all the way out of my way because I'm, you know, again, trying to document everyone in all five boroughs. So I right. end up all the way in like East Bronx and, you know, oh, no, that's not a diner, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of had to, to make those calculations. But um, to make it even more confusing than that, um, even in the diner aficionado community, there is some disagreement about what constitutes a diner. So 
I, um, you know, have sort of been making those judgments um, on my own uh, based off of, you know, a few qualifiers that I've come up with. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, people ask me, well, how many are there? And I'm really reluctant to answer that simply because there are some diehard aficionados that will fight me tooth and nail. But I've, oh, I, I reckon there's a roughly... Yeah, yeah. They'll say, well, that's night at the diner. Well, what? And I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, what What disqualifies a place from being a diner? I feel like they're, they're so, it's hard to describe, I guess, but you kind of know it when you see it. Right. And that's, you know, I mean, that's sort of the rough approximation. I, I have a few other things that I go by. Um, but, you know, the textbook definition of diner is 20th century. It's, it's dated. Mm. It's essentially, you know, a prefabricated structure that's factory made. Um, that is then, you know, delivered to a place that, that, um, you know, like basically the, the modern food truck, mm-hmm. um, you know, diners were originally, um, created in factories, uh, a lot of them in, in New Jersey, which is why there's so many in New Jersey and New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, those definitions don't really, um, take into account modern cities where, you know, there's just not a lot of standalone prefabricated buildings left in New York City or, or other large cities. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got strip mall diners, you've got, you know, corner diners. So um, I don't use that definition um, as, you know, biblical verbatim for, for my definition of diner, but right. there are qualifiers that I do look for. So, you know, most diners are often on a street corner. Again, not all of them. Uh, most diners have uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are open late night or 24 hours, uh, have uh, a sit-up counter or booth seating. Um, certain menu items are very distinctive of the diner. Can you get, um, you know, pancakes at 11 o'clock at night? Can you um, sit there and get bottomless coffee, you know, for eight hours? Things yes. like that um, that I'm really looking for. As you said, you know it when you see it. Yeah. And um, sometimes uh a quote unquote something that I would qualify as a diner doesn't fit so it doesn't check all of those boxes, but it has that sort of like unique quality that, that makes a diner. So there's things like, you know, in New York there's, you know, the old donut shops or the old coffee shops mm-hmm. that are sort of hybrids of diners. Or now there's a few diner bars um in, in uh, certain areas of New York. So um the diner definition is so slowly evolving. Um, but there are a lot of people that uh, still use that sort of textbook definition. Yeah, and I think New York, too, has a nice mix of <clears> – <throat> I feel like when some people hear diner, they think of that, like, throwback, like, uh, you know, like, vinyl booze and, like, there's a jukebox and, like, it's a place that's really trying to lean into that, like, 50s soda counter kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but that's not – strictly what we're talking about at all i feel like uh that they can kind of hint in that direction maybe and that it's kind of old world in its aesthetic uh but i mean so many of the places i'm thinking of that are diners in new york really just kind of they don't really fit that at all except by happenstance that they're just kind of left over from that period but they're not like they're not making the 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 wait staff wear like little hats and like like there's no james dean cardboard cut out in the corner you know <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, that's not that's not it. But, you know, uh, to answer your question earlier, uh, there's sort of roughly 440, 450 diners left in New York City. Um, If I'm going off of my my definition, not necessarily what some of the old fogies would would call a diner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Um, Since we're talking about sort of the standalone uh, diners there, you have a great story that I came across of. You you didn't find the market diner on the west side until after it was closed. You had to like climb yeah. over construction stuff to like get a shot. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, so there's only now five standalone structured diners in Manhattan left. Mm-hmm. Um at the time market was the sixth. And Market Diner, for those who are not familiar, was a very famous uh diner. It was one of the last Googie architecture diners. So that's, you know, the architecture of the 60s, it was inspired by sort of space age. Um, think like the original McDonald's with like the the, the giant arches and things like that. So mm-hmm. they had like the domed, um, the, the roof that kind of jutted out. Yes. And Market Diner was an amazing place. In fact, it's got some really rich history. Uh, supposedly, Sinatra had a room in the back that he met with the mob. Actually, there's <laughs> a lot of mob meetings at diners, which is a whole nother story altogether. But yes. Market Diner was this really great diner. And unfortunately, when I, I started the project, 
around the time that Market Diner had closed. And at mm-hmm. the time, actually, Empire Diner, one of the, the last standalone diners in Manhattan, also closed, although it's since reopened. And so I saw those two uh, things, and that really triggered me starting the project. And so I photographed a closed Empire Diner, which I'm happy to say I can now fo- photograph the inside of the open one, right? But yes. um, Market Diner, I was not so lucky. So I, <laughs> I moved one of those giant plastic orange, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very short, so I couldn't really get some good angles. So I, 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 I pushed one of those giant plastic orange uh, construction cones and I hoisted myself up on it and I was like scaling the green wall like shooting <laughs> lens, my lens down trying to figure out how I could get in I couldn't obviously but yes. um so I got the best shots that I could and and honestly that's not the the first or last time that I have you know gone out of my way to photograph a diner that's closed mm-hmm. where it's like well I'll just get what I can because that too is valid and we've got to document these places. But, you know, it was really sad that Market Diner closed and a friend of mine actually was there on, on their last day and she said it was felt like a party. Um, so, yeah, I mean, did you ever go to Market Diner? When so it I, I did. I got to eat there one time uh, because it was uh, it was like the closest uh, diner, like which is like a cheap eating option uh, near Terminal 5. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my friend and I would go uh, to Market Diner and then like go see shows at Terminal 5 and it's funny you say that there were like uh, supposed mob meetups there because anytime we went it was exclusively cops <laughs> who would, oh, who that's would eat there yeah well <laughs> well cops love diners because they're open 24 hours and they again they it's the kind of place that like waitresses or the staff is, is very welcome and they don't really care so if they had to say take a call and leave I'm sure they'd leave their coffee and food at the counter for yes. them and they yeah. come back for it. Um, another yeah. thing you said just now uh, about the market owner specifically is that one of the things that I think is so interesting about your your project that I've heard I've read you talk about in interviews is you really kind of capture the pride that the owners and employees have about these places. Like there was one where they were, you were talking about uh, how sort of unobtrusive your photography is and how eager people sometimes are to kind of have their their places captured. I thought that was so interesting. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a rare thing. Um, you've got uh, diners in New York City uh, are m- majority owned, and when I say majority, probably at least eighty to ninety percent owned by Greek immigrants, mm-hmm. and um, often they're you know the first jobs as they immigrate to America as dishwashers, and they work their way up. I mean, I, I've heard this story time and time again. Um, so you've got people that have worked seven days a week, you know, 15, 17 hour days for 40 years, right? So you get a photographer that's eager to talk to them about their life's work. Who wouldn't want to, to talk to them, right? right? So it, I've sort of struck, um, some really interesting relationships with these owners because they are so welcoming and, and so wanting to tell me their story and, and share their restaurant. And there's such pride that goes into their work. There's wait staff that have been there, you know, 20 years, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not typical of service industry jobs, which right. are typically more transient. Um, but they have a, a very family oriented um, work culture. And it, it's, it's, it's a really special thing. So I've been able to really kind of tap into that. And I mean, so much so that um, recently, uh, a, a pretty famous diner owner that owned multiple diners um, uh, recently passed away. And I got a call at 730 in the morning the next day mm. that, you know, by one of the diner owners saying, like, I just wanted you to know that this happened. And th- the fact that he felt that I should be one of the first people to, to know because it had spread like wildfire fire across all the, the diner owners and so on right. that I knew two days before it went public, you know, it was printed in the news, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't feel I could share it until I could truly confirm it. But that's, that's what I've tapped into. I've been sort of fully embraced um, and have really tried. And, and, and there's another component to my work as well. You know, I, I'm really trying to capture a moment in, in the essence of each diner whatever that looks like, you know, varies diner to diner. But also, you know, one of the, the aims of the project is introducing, you know, my followers or, or people to places they might not otherwise go. So there's a little bit of a symbiosis relationship between me and the diner owners because I've had a lot of my followers go 
out of their way to then go to this diner that they think looks cool because they discovered it on my account. So if I'm able to somehow bring business to these places, then I also feel like I'm, you know, being successful in the project and, and bringing them business, which is, you know, an added value. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it happened to me this week as I was preparing for the interview. It was just like, oh, the Capitol Restaurant in Inwood. I could make it up to Inwood, you know? <laughs> like it's, yeah, and, and they just re- refurbished. Like, they they're, they have a completely different look now. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. That was my favorite diner in Manhattan for the longest time, and then they recently closed, and they, they totally – actually, they've got now more of a retro vibe going on with, like, uh-huh. the kind of brand-new, almost stainless look. But they had such a unique um, sort of 70s uh, interior before um, – Actually, uh, it was photographed for, um, uh, you, you know, it just, it was just so unique that, um, a lot of people s- did seek it out, but now it's got a different look. And as long as the place can stay open, I- I'm all for it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, what is it do you think, um, that is so, that people find so comforting about, diners aesthetically because it you also talk about in interviews about how it really is just kind of about ambiance it really has very little to do with the food itself yeah food is secondary it's it's kind of ironic thing because when you go to a restaurant you typically go for the food but um diner food is widely subpar it's basic (laughs) american standards um i mean in a gastro um capital like like New York City, like you don't go to diners for food because you can get better food somewhere else, as you just said. Um, but I think for diners, it's just that sort of calm amidst the storm, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if you're in Manhattan or parts of Brooklyn or whatever borough you're in, um, there's a there's a frenzy of New York City that kind of keeps the city alive. It's just like a, a, a rapid heartbeat. Uh, you go into a diner. And it's almost like time stops because you can really just sit there all day drinking coffee. You, you are someone that is welcomed as a single uh, patron. If you you know aren't, don't come with a, a big group, they'll they'll give you a table. They don't care. Um, you know you're treated in a way that is different than other restaurants. You're never rushed. Um, you know you can have conversations with strangers. It's sort of a, a unique thing that that you don't really get at other places in in New York or, or, you know, elsewhere, you know, a diner, as, as we mentioned earlier, like it's a completely different dining experience. And I think that's one of the ways it's sort of sustained in sort of today's society is people sort of crave that sort of return to something, you know, maybe simpler or, you know, they have a community that goes there. There's a lot of people that, that eat breakfast at the same places every day if they're eating out. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of people that go to the same diner every single day and they have their stool or they have their booth and, you know, they've been doing this for, for decades. 100%. So I think it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've met a number of them and I've accidentally sat in people's seats and, you know, <laughs> been not necessarily asked to move, but, you know, um, so I think that there is sort of relationships that form in diners which make it unique from other places to eat that that make it still appealing um there's multiple generations that you know they grew up there going going with their parents as kids and now they're bringing their kids and so on um so i think it's almost like a small town feel but within a big city that, that, that the experience sort of entails yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you a brief story. I used to, uh, um, I worked in an office in Midtown for the first couple of years I was here, and I would often eat breakfast at uh, this place, the Evergreen Diner on 46th Street that also is now closed. Um, yep, it's no longer there. And uh, uh, anytime I would go, I would always see the same woman who I'm convinced ate every meal there. Uh, and the, <laughs> the only the only interaction we had was uh, I sat pretty close to her one day and I or, I would just I would just get pancakes uh, and uh, she she once heard me order just pancakes and she went no bacon and I went oh not today and she went whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a very unique thing um, the other thing that's really interesting about diners, uh, and, and maybe you know, your your uh, the the patron you're mentioning is is perhaps an exception of the rule, but uh, <laughs> their patrons kind of vary by the hour. So there's mm-hmm. regulars that come for dinner, or there's regulars that come for lunch. But if you're in a, if you're a restaurant that's open 24 hours, um, 
you see a lot of different types of people coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, the exposure to, to various, you know, different people, like cops, as you mentioned, and, you know, late night partiers or, you know, um, people that are, you know, getting off the night shift or something like that. So, so that's kind of interesting, too, that the clientele differs, you know, hourly. Yeah. Um, we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, uh, but just to kind of double back, um, have you found that, uh, these are mostly still family owned businesses? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a, a couple exceptions, very few. Um, there is a, a couple diners that have, uh, sort of mini franchise. So there's like a couple Brooklyn diners that ironically are in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Those are, are more, more touristic diners. Then there's, uh, Jackson Hole, which there's, I think, four of them in, uh, Queens and, and Manhattan, and then there's one in New Jersey. Hmm. Uh, so they sort of mini-franchised mini out. Um, there is one man, that, this, isn't, this is family-owned, but it's, it's a unique thing. There's this guy named Mike in Staten Island who is kind of a diner baron, for lack of a better word. <laughs> He's actually unofficially called the, the um, like Staten Island Diner King because he owns like six diners in, in Staten Island. Gotcha. Um, uh, so he's, it's still family owned. And now his son, Mike Jr. owns a bunch and they're all called like Mike's Unicorn Diner, Mike's Olympic Grill, you know, or Mike Jr.'s Richmond Diner. Like they all have Mike in it. And <laughs> yeah. So like almost every diner in Staten Island is Mike something or Mike Jr. something <laughs> or other. Um, and this Mike guy is, kind of legendary in Staten Island. Um, again, this isn't still family owned to answer your question earlier, but he, <laughs> the legend has it, and I've heard this multiple times and I've actually kind of fact-checked it as much as I can with other diner owners, like in other boroughs, uh-huh. it's that much of a infamous story, but supposedly he like immigrated to New York by like, he was on some like, fishing um you know he was he was coming from greece and he was on like a fishing vessel and he jumped ship and swam (laughs) like his his fish supposedly or his his uh ship supposedly like hit a sandbar or something again i don't know how practical this is but (laughs) he supposedly swam to new york with like liras in his pocket and then got a job as a dishwasher and like the rest is history but i've heard multiple people tell me this guy like swam to New York, um, and now he's the Staten Island Diner King. <laughs> oh, I'm praying that that is true. I don't have any way to verify it. Well, though. yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's not going to tell you it's not true if you talk to him. Yeah, I've met his son. I haven't met him um, directly, but um, I'm not really sure how to work that into the conversation. Yeah, yet. sure. <laughs> yeah. So there's this thing people say about you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want it to be true, so I almost don't want to ask him directly. Right, right, yeah. It would be so disappointing if you got all the way to him and he was just like, what? I've never heard that. That's not true. That's <laughs> I emigrated from I Ellis Island. people tell me they've heard it from him directly, though. That, that, uh, that's okay. the story he told them. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. how you, that's, if you're going to be a king, you need, like, an origin myth, you know? And if, right. <laughs> some big feat of strength like this is the perfect way to become a diner king. Right, right. And and the funny thing is, is, um, you know, that's kind of saying a lot because there's some really great diners in Staten Island. In fact, my oh, yes. favorite diner overall is in Staten Island. Is it the Colonnade? It is the Colonnade, yeah. yes. Have you been there? I have. I've been repeatedly. Um, <laughs> so you get it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I really love it. Um, it's the largest on the East Coast, the largest diner on the yeah. East Coast. That's unbelievable. They have like outdoor seating. It's a very strange place. I mean, for people who haven't been there, it takes up the city block just yep. about. Um, it's got a very large parking lot. It's got an outdoor deck um, outside, which he mentioned. On Easter, they roast like goats and, you know, <laughs> like right out there on a spick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an elevator, like that's how big of a place it is. They've got like a ballroom that fits like 600 people. And what kind of also makes it that much more fascinating is they have what I would have categorize, and, and you can maybe, uh, elaborate if you'd like Cody, uh, Colby, but it's, um, got kind of an insane amount of neon. 
Yes, I can verify that this is a true description. Yeah, it's an experience. <laughs> it's really, and also, it's just everything. I mean, we're talking about like diner aesthetics. It has one of the busiest looks of any restaurant I've ever been inside. Like the, the chairs, even have like a wild, like early nineties, like like collage kind of backing to them. It's very odd. Yeah, it's almost as if someone looked up, like, what what does a diner look like? I'll take everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's got everything. It's it's a lot. Very busy. But for me, it's sort of like, if you're going to do a diner, like, that is a great example. Yes. Yeah, everything you could want is kind of there at the colonnade. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much worth the trip to Staten Island. It 100% is. Uh, I feel like uh, Staten Island has a lot, you know, there's there's a lot of hidden gems there like that uh, that you can find if you're looking not that hard uh, mm-hmm. on Staten Island. I would love to run past, uh, run a few uh, diner features past you and get your uh, opinions on them because these are not uh, standard by any means. So here okay. we go. What do you? How do you feel about the diners with like little jukeboxes at each booth? If they work, I think that they're charming. <laughs> yes, most of them no longer work. I, they hardly ever. I have found. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say it is kind of fascinating. Some of them have recently worked, so you'll see like you know Michael Jackson along with like old you know Diana Ross, and yeah. you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or Kanye West, like, you're just like, how recently did this work? Yeah, Why would you put new songs in? Um, but, I mean, I think it's I think it's one of those things that's sort of, you know, quintessentially diner that yeah. people just leave in there. Um, they do kind of take up space at a table. Yeah, you need, it needs to be at a, at like a big booth, I think, for it to be unobtrusive. Right. Uh, second one. The diners where they make the staff wear like little bow ties. Uh, have you ever worn a bow tie? Have I ever worn one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but if you had to wear one every single day for work. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I would say, just to spoil it, for me, I'm kind of anti this practice. I mean, to be fair, I've actually, there's a couple diners that have like gold vests. Along with, um, along with bow ties. So yeah. I, I think that's a little bit too much for a server to right. have to wear, yes. especially when you're sweating a lot. Um, but I mean, I, I do, I do appreciate like a, a well thought out, um, uniform. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a biggest fan of bow ties. Yeah. I think it's a little, it's like too anachronistic almost. It's like, yeah, I'm already at a diner. I get that like this is kind of stepping into the past a little bit. The, <laughs> the wait staff doesn't right. need to uh, uh, dress in little tuxedos. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel about the uh, the, the Waverly restaurant, uh, which is like a really mm-hmm. iconic one um, uh, where it's like the, the interior is so beautiful. Um, and yeah. they're, they're like the, the waiter's look just like really sticks out against, <laughs> against it. Yeah, that diner is very interesting. Um, it's in the village, and uh, it's been used for exterior shots for a ton of TV shows. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, they've had some trouble in recent years. They had a lawsuit recently where they weren't really paying their staff very well. So I'm kind of, you know, mixed feelings about them. But yeah. I'm pro diner, so I, I want them all to stay open as yeah. long as possible. But they're they're they're. interior is really beautiful. Uh, they've got some really interesting art. <laughs> yeah. So are these um, are these photos uh, are are they going to be sort of collected into a, a a book at any point? Is that kind of on its way or? Yes, that is the goal. I'm in the process of pitching. I don't have an agent or a publisher, so if you're one of those and you hear this and you're interested, please get in touch with me. Um, but yeah, that's the ultimate goal is is a photo book, just a culmination of the work. Gotcha. And, and you know, we, we mentioned sort of at the very beginning of the show that you've done so much other work around the world. I mean, you've, you've photographed like the post-Soviet Baltics and, uh, you know, tribes in Kenya and like mining structures in Colorado. I mean, how do you see this project as kind of fitting in with the rest of your work, if, if you see it that way at all? Well, you know, I try to document sort of underrepresented communities with sort of an interest in focused in gentrification uh, and, and globalization. So how it relates to diners. And it's, it's interesting because it's definitely not 
my most important work or my most, um, you know, uh, human rights focused work, but, um, people seem to love it. So for me, I, I think it's really about documenting sort of American pastime that's quickly dwindling. And as I said, you know, when I started the project, no one was doing it. So I have sort of hit on something there. And since I started the project over three and a half years ago, over 50 diners have closed. Hmm. And those are over 50 diners that I photographed, not to mention probably 10 that I didn't get to before they closed. Um, So, you know, there is something that is worth documenting. I'm sort of creating a a living and and accidentally historic archive with this work. Right. Um, But I didn't set out to be like the diner girl. No. No, I read one interview where they were like, they were like, so are you going to do this in other states? And you were like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I get that question a lot. It's like, absolutely, unequivocally, no, yeah. I will not. Um, I have, you know, I've eaten so much. I go to New York and I eat like the worst food. Right. right? <laughs> um, so, so no, I mean, this, this project project is narrowly focused on New York uh, because it's, it's all about, you know, the diners of New York and, and why they're closing and why they're they're able to sustain. Um, you know, doing it in New Jersey or elsewhere wouldn't actually make sense in the, in the canon of the work at all. Right, right. Um, so uh, do you, you – you mentioned that uh, this is – it's still ongoing, um, but it's uh, – uh, you've sort of – the bulk of the work is, is, is done here. A lot of them have been – Photograph. Do you have uh, sort of something else on the horizon, like a new project that we can uh, look forward to uh, from you, or is this kind of taking up the, the bulk of your time so, uh, still? Um. Yeah. Well, I am working on a couple of things. Um. Uh, this project's ongoing, as you said. Uh. But I I live in Detroit now, and right now, <laughs> again, another architecture project. But I am documenting Detroit storefront churches, of which there are a lot. Oh wow. Um. Essentially, Detroit, just with the history of, of the city, there's a lot of buildings that are being repurposed. So you've got old banks, old, you know, car washes, old buildings that, you know, don't seem like typical structures for churches. And I'm photographing those. Uh, additionally, I live in a neighborhood called Rivertown, which was just named the fastest gentrifying neighborhood in America. Um, and as a new resident, technically, I'm a gentrifier. So I'm sort of coping with that mm. whole identity. Um, and I'm hoping to start a project soon, sort of documenting the changes of the fastest gentrifying neighborhood in America and, right. and sort of the nuances of of, the, of that development and change. It's a former warehouse district. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of warehouses that are coming down, but not, not all the change is bad, although some of them are, you know, uh, you know, targeting some people other over others. So just sort of exploring those, um, those issues. Gotcha. Gotcha. So people can find, uh, more info on, uh, you at your website, which is, uh, RileyArthur.com. Yes. Yes. Yep. More, more on those projects to come. Um, and you can, uh, follow the project on Instagram at diners of NYC. Gotcha. So final question for you is what is your, your go-to order when you go to sit down at a diner? Well, here's the thing. I don't usually just go to sit down at a diner. Sure, sure. I usually go and sit down at five yes. in a day. Yes. Or I've gone to as many as 14 diners in a day. Um, oh, my those God. Those that are familiar with, like, bar crawls, like, it's like a marathon, not a sprint. So <laughs> yes. I tend to order matzo ball soup um, because, you know, a cup of soup is one cheap, so you can kind of keep eating it. This is a self-funded project. Um, but also it doesn't really fill you up and it is on the healthier side. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of desserts as well. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of grilled cheeses and DLTs, but, uh, matzo ball soup is something that is consistently the same diner to diner. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that sounds, I mean, that's just what I want to eat now. So thanks for, thanks <laughs> for, Riley, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And I hope that you finish this show off by going to your favorite diner. You know what? Uh, After this, I'll probably go to Tina's Restaurant on Flushing Avenue. Oh, my gosh. It's the best. It's so great. And she's there. She's there every day. 
Yeah, she's there every day. She's one of the few female diner owners in the entire city. Um, for those that want to know what it looks like that don't live in New York, um, pretty much every diner scene in the, the HBO show The Deuce was filmed there. It, it's I didn't so I watched the first episode of The Deuce, not knowing that that was going to happen, and I was like, "Oh, cool, they're at Tina's." And then every subsequent episode, they were like, <laughs> "They're at Tina's." Yeah, like, it was, and it looks like they had to do so little work to make it look period correct you know they just like took some photos off the wall and it's like these dark brown wooden walls i mean it's it's oh, so beautiful it's a good looking place it's great um, all right well you go say hi to tina yes i will i will and thank you again for for talking to us we really appreciate it all right colby talk later you have a great rest of your sunday all right bye 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 there we go folks riley arthur diners of nyc if uh, you go and you check it out, you will probably notice that uh, yours truly has liked just about every uh, photo. So uh, uh, get get on that. And thanks again for uh, uh, to Riley for joining us. 718-928-9732 is our number. That's 718-928-9732 is our number if you'd like to call in for this uh, these last couple minutes of the show here. Um, and the, 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 it's open. It's open for you, folks. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm looking here at... Uh, YouTube.com homepage, and I'm wondering, why was Hugh Laurie never the same after House? It's a recommended video, and might just might just give that a, a watch. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Colby. <laughs> wow, what a ride. There he is. He's back. What a trip. Bookending the show today, Tim. Wow, what a fascinating interview. You told me to call back. I'm impressed. You know what I've never ordered at a diner is matzo ball soup. I'm Not once. Have to give it a try. That sounds great. Oh, you should. That is uh, that's the thing I have eaten at a diner, and uh, it's it's uh, it's tasty. Is it? It's an every diner thing. I mean, I've gotten it at Cat's Deli. I would uh, say it's it's very common based on my uh, limited experience. Wow. Okay. Tim, do you prefer uh, going to a diner late at night or uh, for breakfast in the morning? I want to go to a diner at about 10.30 a.m. A.m.? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want from a diner. I want some breakfast food. I've honestly never gotten too big into the, uh, like, the meals there. Uh-huh. You won't do, like... I've never, been, I've never been there at a time when somebody orders, like, the spaghetti and meatballs, which I find always seem out of place to me at the, uh, on the menu. Yeah, I would say that's not my go-to dinner order uh, there. Uh, either, but yeah, there's a uh, there's a, uh, a Todd Berry joke about that where he's uh, he's like you know, someone's just like flipping through all twelve pages of the thing and they're just like, oh, I'll have the egg salad. Tim, yeah, <laughs> what's I'll do the cheeseburger deluxe. That's what I'll do. That's okay, what I, like. I wasn't I wasn't uh, wasn't sure if you were done with the joke or not. Well, it's his joke, so. Well, it fucking sucks. You tell Todd Barry his joke about diners is trash. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get him there. Get him there. Yeah. Um, why oh, do you man. think Hugh Laurie was never the same after House? There's this video. I think once you have such an iconic role, uh, that that's really going to be all people see you as. Yeah, maybe. Right? Like, Rain Wilson isn't going to work again, really, uh, to the same extent after. God. Uh, we can only hope, right? We can only hope with that guy. I know. He's got to maintain soul pancake. Uh, <laughs> soul pancake. I wonder if soul pancake is still a website or if it has fucking folded up like a tent. Oh, no, it's he still there. He on Mark Marin, and it was like one of his credits. Ay, ay, the ay. office and soul pancake. We create content across various platforms that explores life's big questions, celebrates humanity, and champions creativity. And we do it with integrity, heart, and humor. God, this is it. This world is is uh, it's on its way out. <laughs> or maybe it's just tough, man. It's, t- it's tough out there. What are you looking forward to this Sunday, Tim? You going to be watching uh, uh, football? I'm going to watch some football. I'm going to watch some Jets. I'm making some pumpkin-flavored cinnamon rolls in the oven Ooh. right now. That'll be nice. Ooh. Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just worried pumpkin's leaving too soon. You know, <laughs> like, when do we get pumpkin? 
I always feel like pumpkin should be going into November, but I feel like it always leaves before Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. I think October is prime pumpkin season. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, like it does seem like it's over already. What'd you say? Like Oktoberfest is over already. Yeah. Yeah. It's already done. Yeah. Like good luck getting the Sam Adams Oktoberfest now. It's <laughs> over. It's dead. It's done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's done. We're it's October thirteenth, and it's already, already it's already gone. Dirt on the body of Sam Adams. Yes, Oktoberfest <laughs> beverages. Yeah, we're st- we're stepping on Sam Adams' body to get to work. Oh and, boy! You know, I did not realize that all diners were like built somewhere, like in a factory, and then like shipped out to these. I didn't realize they were like uh, what do you call them? They're like. Like those homes that you can like build yourself. Yeah, they're now. like mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like mobile. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, somebody just put a diner pe- diner pieces together and made all these diners. That's crazy. Yeah, it's not, I mean, so, yeah, that's the that it, it came. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. I mean, that's where a lot of the like uh, standalone ones, uh, like we're talking about Square Diner. That's like it, I'm pretty sure that's like how that one got started in Tribeca. Is they just they made it, they drove it in, they plopped it down, and it stayed there. Jeez. Crazy. Meant to fit yeah. on unideal plots of land. Hmm. Like in the JFK airport. Have you been to that one? The JFK airport? The diner in the terminal? Yeah. I think I probably have. Is that included in our standalone diners? I don't know if it should. I don't <laughs> know if an airplane stand- diner should count. <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'll have to do a follow-up. I'll have to do a follow-up interview. Call her back right now. <laughs> ask her. Ask her the one in JFK counts. Uh, and then let her know I don't think it should. Well, Tim, we got to wrap up the show. Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Uh, just be good to each other out there. You know, <laughs> uh, treat your neighbor with respect. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't realize I was rule. still logged on to Soul Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, watch The Office. Yeah, watch The Office. Treat everyone with brain, treat everyone with respect. Brain is not doing well. He needs he needs those residuals, baby. That's right. Well, yeah, probably probably do. Uh, anyway, Tim, we'll talk soon, buddy. Tim out. Bye bye. And goodbye to everyone else. Uh, two thumbs undecided coming up shortly. Then the Brooklyn conversation. The rest of our Sunday lineup coming up after that. This has been Young Persons Radio with me, your host Colby Smith, here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Farewell. Hold on. First YouTube comment on this video, this Talking Heads video. This jaunty and she was tune. Had this song played at my mom's funeral. Brings back so many memories of my childhood. My mom was a huge Talking Heads fan. Hee hee. Anyway, bye everybody. (laughs) 